0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash host. Can you see Did you know this was but the
2: puck comes right to
1: Patterson, who tries a back pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores. Moments no it only to the line. Hughes curses. Take the two first career NHL goal. Quinn Hughes makes it one-nothing.
0: You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes the reporter here. Like I don't I do not cover the Canucks. <laughs> yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation
1: Network Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash.
2: Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted him in and down Wednesday. Wow, we should do a radio show together.
1: <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What our Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation brought to you by the great folks over at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season. That will get you $5 off your order at ZephyrEpic.com. That is Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic. Check them out on all platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, whatever it is. They've got you covered for all of your trading card needs. So be sure to go check them out, whether that be the baseball cards, which I'm going to get some soon of mm-hmm. uh the hacky cards as we like on this show Yu-Gi-Oh cards, Pokemon, whatever it is Zephyr Epic has got you covered locally owned and operated uh, out of Surrey, British Columbia so be sure to go check them out. They got a little retail location that you can go check out but if you want to check them out online, free shipping Canada-wide on any order over
2: $50. I don't know if producer Aaron's ever seen this. Since we're talking Zephyr Epic, my Pokemon collection which doesn't look good cuz of the green screen a lot the of green orig- on those the original one fifty one. Do you have all of them now? No, I'm working on the I list. Was here say, still. Like, I'm, wor- I I'm working on them. it. I'm working on it. It's an expensive hobby. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of expensive hobbies. No, 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 no. You no. and I played golf on the weekend. You and I did. Did we? I don't remember playing golf. You played about fifteen <laughs> holes. Yeah.
0: Fifteen holes and lost eighteen balls in the process. Yeah. Oh,
2: jeez. Well, that was a tough one. You did run out of balls on the golf course, which is a very unfortunate thing, but A video was posted of your swing, and I had multiple people best swing of the day in my DMs. Yeah, asking about this grip on the club. I grip it like a baseball bat. And I know, I know that. uh, Here we go. Here. Have you seen picture of it? Have you seen the people that are putting people? Some people put, and they almost like point the one finger down, almost like in a strange grip, almost like a claw. It almost looks like you have one of your hands backhanded.
0: Dude, that's how I... Okay, if I oh. lifted that club up, that's how I hold a baseball bat.
2: Mm-hmm. But I, I know that this this past weekend when we golfed, I played all right. I think I shot 88, so I was 16 over. Mm-hmm. Listen, shot for, for me, I, I'm never going to get close to par. So in the 80s, I'm normally pretty, pretty okay with. I, I played all right. I blew it on the final hole with a one-shot lead. Ended up losing by two, so a horrible final hole. But... You had this weekend really affected you and it wasn't from us getting attacked by birds again that didn't happen this time Ooh. but we we kept our distance this time from those cranes they are that's an aggressive bird but yeah. you've made some some big changes to your golf game you bought new clubs after this I bought week. a
0: new bag because so my talk, bag was 90 through pounds. the
2: frustration that this weekend gave you that led you up to this point cuz now everything you've rebuilt your golf game well, a true rebuild you've gotten rid of all the clubs
0: Here's the thing, and people are going to say, oh, clubs don't really make the golfer. I get that, okay? Mm. When I started out golfing, I had my grandpa's old clubs, okay? So my woods were actually made of wood. I played on the high school golf team, got made fun of. I don't care. I don't care. I mm. still played. I couldn't hit them well because they're hard to hit. But for a graduation present, I got a proper driver. So then my drive started improving. I was like able to actually hit the driver. So I was like, okay, this is great. For Christmas, this past Christmas, my brother got me a wedge set. Just wedges. I can hit those well. Now it's the irons that I'm having trouble with. Right. So now I'm like, okay, those are the last thing of my grandpa's set that I still have. I need to upgrade the irons. So I, I bought some irons, got a hybrid, um, and I'm pretty excited about it. They're going to had- come... Yeah. I'm gonna go to the range practice again, and you know I might even take lessons because look, I get people people in the chat are pointing out the grip ripped. is the grip is just wrong. I know it's wrong. I learned to golf by going to the driving range when I was 11 and just starting to hit at the shutout Kensington Driving Range that used to be there behind the Shell, um, not there anymore. But that's where that's where I learned. Like I, I never took lessons. I never had some expert show me what to do. I watched YouTube videos here and there. Mm. I used to be able to hold my own. Like, I could play pitch and putt fine because now I have my wedges that are good. I can play pitch and putt fine. Yeah. Like, I, I hit, like, you know, 5, 10 over at pitch and putt, which still isn't great. But I've never
2: seen you go that low, but okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I, I, I can play pitch and putt, but yeah. I want get, to uh, get my other stuff going.
2: Uh, I have to answer Vince's question. I ducked him earlier in the week. You can't run now. Hot dog, mustard or ketchup, pick one. I would go with mustard. And I would go with the dill pickle mustard from Trader Joe's. I gave you some of that last time here, yeah, didn't I? so good. I told you that. That's the, the I'd probably pick
0: I'd probably pick ketchup if I had to just pick one. Yeah,
2: but I, it's nice to see. I you know what I had this talk the other day when I was golfing with a friend and uh we were saying like, "Hey, you know, you get to the point where you you just have to move on and get a new set of clubs, whether it's like a new driver or a new putter or new irons like you or you mentioned the wedges." I was thinking I'd love to have a, a Hall of Fame bag, right? So, like, certain clubs that I've had wouldn't make it into the Hall of Fame bag. But this putter that I've had, I've had the same putter for, like, 10 years, and I love it. But I'm at the point now where it's, it's not making putts anymore. It's it's It doesn't have the magic into it, but it's made some real magical putts over the years I want to have almost like a Hall of Fame bag where I'm going to put that. That's going to be the first club in there for me. Because I don't have another club that I've stopped using, but I've had some good games with. The reasons I've stopped using those clubs is because they suck. It's not my fault. It's the club's fault. That's why I've moved on from them. So I I think the putter would be the first one of mine to go into the Hall of Fame. Can someone
0: explain this to me? Because I I have a Hall of Fame club, and I want want someone to maybe explain this. And we'll get to hockey soon. (laughs) But... I had a pitching wedge. By the way,
2: there's not a ton of hockey. Yeah, it's stuff July. Going. It's July. A lot of shows Here's are taking the, the these, summer this off. This is We're the here. news and notes that we have for the Canucks. Derek Clancy left. Yeah, we'll talk. Let's, about let's that. Let's do 20 minutes on that. No. Oh,
0: also, I didn't even introduce us. Chris Faber, uh, David Quadrelli, yeah, technical producer is Get involved Aaron in the chat. Bergato. Let's have an active chat today. Yeah, we I do. Have go, a I want to back and forth so far, but everybody's Vince pointing is out. mad
2: about the the catch. He says ketchup, touch of oregano and sharp cheese
0: said one condiment, Yeah, Vince. what happened here, Vince? Yeah,
2: Vince is like, yeah, so this is what else I Listen, would do. Listen, I'll, right? I'll get down for a pizza dog, too. I like yeah. that.
0: Anyways, um, okay, what was I saying? Yes, okay, so can someone explain this to me? Because it's speaking of Hall of Fame clubs. I had a pitching wedge from that set from my grandpa that I had, mm-hmm. and I could hit that thing really well. Played pitch and putt with it. It was really good. And then one day, I hit it at the pitch and putt, made a weird sound, and then after that, it was making weird sounds when I hit it. It was almost like, you know, in baseball, we say it's, a bat's gone dead. Yep. We have a dead bat. Yep. It felt like I had a dead club, but I didn't know that was the thing in golf. So every time I would hit it, it wouldn't it wouldn't do what it used to do. So that's when I decided it was time to get the new wedges. Um, but does anybody understand this? The uh, I can is see it a driver
2: like losing its pop? Oh yeah, I've seen that. Right, I think but that can happen. A pitching wedge. It's like a piece of metal. Why? Why? I'm sure eventually it wears down. Right, it has to wear down eventually. Yeah. But I don't think at the same rate. Like I think you can get away. At least you should like a half decent iron. I don't know about this one. You bought one set off of Amazon. I don't know about that. You I said, looked up reviews. I know, you said the reviews. I good, looked
0: up reviews, but you're
2: also looking at a set of golf clubs that people. A lot of the reviews that I read because you sent me the page, I just clicked and scrolled down the reviews. They were like, "Listen, really good set of clubs for 170 bucks." Look, <laughs> like that's that's what I heard.
0: Look, comes with a free hybrid too. It's okay. This is my thought you're process. You're never going to
2: hit that hybrid.
0: I'm absolutely going to hit that
2: hybrid. Never. I can't
0: hit my four iron. Actually, I I got a hold of one the other day when we played. I had about four good shots that whole afternoon. But um, shout out Marcus. Played with Marcus from Canucks PR, who was also chirping me on Twitter. I don't know. Pretty unprofessional. Media PR relationship supposed to be better than that. There's got to be a rule where he's not allowed to chirp me, right?
2: No, he's allowed to.
0: Anything's fair on the golf course. That's fair. Marcus is really good is the thing. You did you? You didn't beat him. You came two strokes.
2: But you, I was. Your one. goal was to beat Marcus. Marcus is really good. I know. I can't let him know that's my goal. Oh, but I just said Canucks it on the... PR. They they watch every <laughs> single episode of the show, every second of it. I think that's part of Marcus's job. It is. He's <laughs> literally, if you switch cameras, he's right down there at uh, Canucks offices, down there, watching the show right now.
0: Okay. Anyways, uh, do you want to get to this? Do you want to get to uh, Derek Clancy? The big news Listen, of the weekend?
2: Yeah, this. let's get to news and notes. This is the big news of the week, I guess, right? Let me know in the chat if we're missing anything. Dalvir says, how's your pickleball game been? I started playing recently. It's pretty fun. I haven't played this year. I'd like to go. Uh, just, I'm bummed about it. And you were saying that, yeah, we're going to get out. We're going to go. We're going to go to my place. So. Yeah. Harm, harm wants to get out too, so we'll get back uh, yeah. We'll get back to playing some pickleball. I haven't played once this year. Played a lot at the end of uh, 2022, though.
0: Get you boys out to the newly constructed Betty Allard, YMCA. Yeah, do we
2: have anything here on Derek Clancy? Do we have anything? I, I don't he, really he have much. He went to
0: the Toronto Maple Leafs, and the Canucks' release of it was really funny because I yeah, was I was weird. out, and it was just a quote from Patrick Alvin that said, we'd like to thank Derek Clancy with no information about where he went, and there was a spelling mistake in the original tweet. hmm It was uh, not a master... Cl- I'll tell you who wasn't working. Marcus. Mm-hmm. Marcus wouldn't let that happen. It was his day off, yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so, I, honestly, I don't know. Like, what do you want to say about it? Jim Rutherford said that, like, that was Jim Rutherford's first hire as AGM. I know it's July, but even though it's July, I don't think I want to try and make this a bigger deal than it is. Like, I'm not going to say, like, oh, this is going to hurt them. I don't know if it's going to hurt them. It might hurt them, folks. There's the analysis that I'm going I gonna think it does you. a little
2: bit. I think that Clancy, from what I heard anyways, was very good at connecting the amateur and professional scouting groups to kind of work together. Okay. Like, that was something that he did a big thing of. It was involving analytics Uh, in in amateur scouting was a big thing that he's been. Like, he is more of a new-age thinker in terms of scouting, and I think that's a good person to have kind of running the whole scouting department. And and scouting, remember, this isn't just amateur scouting for the NHL draft. This is pro scouting. You could say the Canucks have done a pretty good job with their pro scouting over the last little bit and some of their hits that they've had so far. So, yeah, a couple I think this is a loss for the organization. I don't think it's going to break the organization, but I'm curious to see, if that spot is filled, um, currently there are two assistant general managers, Cami Granado and Emily Castongay. There is one assistant to the general manager uh, in Dwight Schrute form uh, with Ryan Johnson. So they have some bodies around. They have some some people. I mean, <laughs> Dale Talon's around, right? Like there's 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 some some names to look at. I don't know if they're going to get one there, but I'm curious to see what happens with the scouting department. Is there someone internally that's now going to be an AGM, right? Because I think you do like to have an assistant general manager kind of cover a whole area of your team, whether it be you know the player personnel, player development, scouting, these type of things, or, or you know the cap dollars and kind of just working the money, be the money guy for the organization. Like I think you'd like to have an AGM kind of run their whole thing. So now you don't really have something for scouting. So I'm curious to see if uh, if we see a name promoted internally or if there's someone. From another organization, probably a former Pittsburgh Penguins uh, guy. We'll have to look and see if there's any of those people available. I'm for not AGM. sure
0: if it was PJ that threw it out. Last summer, Scott Young got hired alongside Dale Talon. And obviously, Dale Talon uh, and Dylan Crawford's there too, Frank Golden as well. But Dale, uh, Dale Talon was the one that kind of dominated the headlines, and rightfully so. He's a name everybody knows. But Scott Young was the name that we heard. Uh, somebody who's apparently done really good work in the past year, and I think it was PJ that threw it out there. I'm not exactly sure about that, but Scott Young, you, you know, you bring up names that might get promoted. I got an eye name. on that. Maybe okay. Give me a name. Ryan Beach. Are we just promote going? him? Okay. Are we just going because former CA managing editor? He's a good dude.
2: I hope he's, he's doing good well.
0: He's the first guy that hired you at Canucks Army.
2: Yeah, he's got an eye for talent. So <laughs> <laughs> promote him. I developed um, you aside I, from that. Lisa I'm the Ryan it up. Johnson
0: of this uh, scenario.
2: No, nah, I don't think so. Uh, Lisa brought it up. The silly pod Colson became a father. Mm-hmm. Congratulations to the pod Colson's was, um, oh, I missed, I forgot the name. Um, was it Alina? Alina pod Colson? I don't know. Something like that. I believe it started with an A, but congrats to them. Um, good to see pods becoming a dad. That's, that's awesome news. Um, Literally, are we? Are, is there any other Canucks news that we're just blanking on? Like bigger stories that we have to talk about from the week. I, I just think these these next few weeks are going to be the slowest ones, right? Uh, yeah. We don't really have much going on, even on ice plate. We have something on the 29th uh, we should bring up. Uh, the World Junior Summer Showcase is going to start. There will be four Canucks playing in that tournament. It's a five-day long tournament uh, beginning on the 29th. Um, we might actually be joined by um, buddy of mine, Pete Krupsky, who's going to be doing play-by-play for that whole tournament. He'll join us uh, at some point during that uh, time here. And Lisa says yes, it was Alina. So um, shout out to the Pod Kolesans. I've seen that baby a couple times already. I live right beside. We're, oh, we live. We live uh, <laughs> I was like, what are you talking? No, about? I've seen him out in the stroller and things like that. That's um, great. Yeah. So, c- congrats to them. Uh, and that's that's big news. But yeah, we'll we'll be joined by Pete. I think uh, did, in a couple weeks so. Did we about
0: talk him. about Rick Tockett? Uh, his comments about Huglander and Pod Colson?
2: Yep, that was all
0: of last week's <laughs> Already show. covered it. Okay. Uh, well, Pods was the dad before that, which is why I'm, ah, I I guess we forgot
2: that. the dad part.
0: But okay, this summer showcase, who's going again and who are you most yeah, looking so forward Jackson to
2: Yeah, so Jackson Dorrington uh, is going to end up going. Hunter Brustevich is going to end up going. Those two will be playing for USA. Uh, Jonathan Karamaki and DPD will be playing for Sweden. And day one, the first game, I believe, is 1 p.m. on the 29th. It might be Eastern time. I'll have to double check that. But uh, 1 p.m. either Pacific time or Eastern time. Uh, and you'll see Sweden match up against one of the two USA teams because USA gets split into white and blue. That's why you're kind of seeing Dorrington and Brustevich both on this roster with this team because don't get super excited about them being at the World Juniors this coming winter. I think this is because there's two full teams of the USA going here. That's why those two are both here on this one. I don't think they're really in a driver's seat to be on Team USA for the World Juniors anyways this year.
0: Okay. Poll question? Well, cause, cause yeah, we still got a
2: fun episode planned. I think like, we're
0: going to have some fun here.
2: Yeah. I, and my prospects were, uh, going to give away uh talk about the five to one. Cause we did six to 10 or 10 to six last week, but yes. you, you've been writing a lot about this at Canucks army lately about, are the Canucks tough enough? Are they adding toughness? All these things I've seen these articles you've been writing, uh, but I, I want to spend some time here talking about it. Do you want to start with the poll question and then just build off of that? Or do you want yeah. to close out with it? your call here? Let's this start. is your, your little segment.
0: So you kind of pointed it out. I've been writing about it. Uh, our friends at Hockey Fights are providing a lot of this data. But the Canucks fought the fourth most times out of any team in the league last year. Kyle Burrows and Luke Shen obviously led the way, as many would expect. But they I lost wonder if anybody can guys. guess.
2: Guess in the chat. How many fights did the Canucks have last year? I know the number.
0: You do? Yep. I don't even know. Actually, yeah, I think I do know it.
2: I was about to mouth the TV show. Let's see if anybody in the YouTube chat can guess yeah, the number. Yeah, see correct if anybody number. can
0: guess the number. But until that happens, um, Canucks obviously lose Shen. They Or, also or the people lose... at home
2: listening on a podcast. Sure. Just guess it in your head.
0: They also lose Burroughs. So there's your two top fighters gone. The number is a lot lower without Burroughs and without Shen. The other thing that I came down to was looking at the teams at the bottom and seeing that it was a lot of elite teams. Mm. So you don't need to fight in order to be a tough team to play against. One of those bottom teams was the Vegas Golden Knight. They ranked beyond the lower half of the league in terms 26th of 26th in the league. 26th in the league. That's right.
2: I've got all this memorized, too.
0: Very good. Vegas did 26th most fights in the league, and they won the Cup, and they were the toughest team to play against. Sure, the Canucks fought the fourth most times, but if you did a player poll... And you asked, okay, who's the toughest team to play against? They
2: wouldn't say, here's well, a, the Canucks, because Kyle Burroughs or Luke Shen. Yeah, here's a better one. The Carolina Hurricanes are pretty tough to play against. They had five fights all of last season. Yeah, exactly. 32nd in the league for fights. Five fights all year long. They're a tough team to play against. It's not necessarily about that. So is that where you're going here with this, uh enforcers in the year 2023?
0: No, I'm actually going in the opposite direction. Okay. Let's get to our poll question. All right. Let's do the poll question, then I'll sure. bounce off it. You got it. Our poll question, as always, brought to you by the great folks over at Atlas Goods. Use promo code CC15 to get 15% off your first order of pop rinds. These are the best fresh pork rinds straight from your microwave or air fryer. Oh, so Not good. like those store-bought pork rinds. Nothing like them, actually. No. If you thought you know, Forget everything you thought you knew about pork rinds. Thank you. Yep. And go check out... Atlas goods. A little bit of popcorn
2: seasoning on there, too. Right. Come on. Your favorite
0: flavor, whatever you want it to be. I like Atlas.
2: uh, Everything Buddy Lote. That's my sauce.
0: AtlasGDS.com. Use promo code CC15. Locally owned and operated at Surrey, British Columbia. Local supports local. So, folks, go out and support the great folks over at Atlas. But it's not just the local
2: support and local. They're supporting local sports coverage. We know that uh, the great folks at Atlas, listeners of the show, before they were sponsors of that's the right. show. And they love the good local coverage here. So that's why we uh, love working with them.
0: That's right. Okay. Our poll question. Put
2: Does a mustard on the side. Dill pickle mustard. You dip it right in there.
0: Does fighting belong in hockey? It's the age old question. So far, out of our options of yes, no, mixed feelings, and I'm angry. So far, 59% say yes. 24% say they have mixed feelings. And 15% say no. With 2% of people saying they are angry. Tell you where I go.
2: Okay. Before you go. How about that one point three percent? On I'm angry. What happened?
0: I I had a great poll question. That's what happened. Time, yeah,
2: most of the time we get twelve percent. That's our our standard for I'm angry. We're ten percent of that with one point three percent of people being angry. People want to give their opinion on this one still, and it's weird because yeah, this has been a, a topic uh, around this sport for a long time. If hockey, if hockey, you know, if fighting belongs in the sport of hockey, I think people wanted to give their opinion here and see what the results were. So yeah,
0: all right. So listen to this. This is uh my take on it, mm-hmm. and I'm not even sure if this is a take. But you know how we always talk about, well, enforcers are gone, enforcers are out of the league. You need to be able to play. Right. I don't know. I've seen young players get under three minutes of ice time a game because they can't be trusted and their team still wins the game. Hmm. Why can't we bring back enforcers? Like, why not? Tell me why. Why can't we just have a guy who, who legitimately cannot play, like he, he cannot score, he will not score, For your team. He will not. If he does, it's a miracle. And it's a great sports moment. Boom. There's a plus. But he's really good at fighting. Why not? Why can't we have that anymore? Because here's the thing. Everybody says, yeah, yeah. Well, those don't exist anymore. Why? It's because we chose for that to happen. Like, teams, general managers, they all chose for that to happen. Is there not more value from having one mouth breather on your bench who's just ready to go? Whenever, whenever it's needed, you know, you tap him on the shoulder. You say, okay, you saw what happened out there.
2: Get out there for the next shift. Why not? I think because if every team doesn't have one, it's almost useless. Because all if there's just one real tough guy in a game, he's going to do too much. There's not going to be anyone to kind of answer it. And then you're just going to end up costing your team at penalties, I think. I think that's the way that we've gotten to right now with the with the actual position of enforcer. The reason it's gone, I think, is because not every single team has one. You can't really match up enforcers that much anymore. And there are certain situations where if you're going a fourth line against another fourth line, there's some really talented young players coming into the league that are in fourth line positions right now. And that's just not going to fly, I think, in today's NHL with enforcers going up against like a 19-year-old kid. All right. night long for his ten minutes of ice time.
0: <laughs> Very sound arguments that I don't have a counter for.
2: I just, I just like, like you know, and the reason I thought of this, I was playing NHL Hits two thousand three,
0: mm. and the fighting in that game, like the, there were some guys that were just so good at fighting. Sure. Donald Brasiers in that game for the Canucks, fantastic fighting ability, and then you just look at it, like NHL Hits, you can't play with a full roster, right? But you just looked at it and you saw this guy with ninety nine fighting skill. And you just thought, whatever happened in the good old days, mm. you know? Now, we know a lot about head injuries. Sure. And there's a whole other aspect of it, which is why my answer to this is actually that I have mixed feelings. And I actually don't like staged fights. That's the one thing that I really think The head be.
2: injuries thing, though, is like.
0: Uh, no, I'm not cool seeing guys' head hit the ice. Sure. You love that, is what you're no, saying.
2: No, but I'll, I'll, the only point I'll make for fighting in this degree is that are, are more guys getting head injuries from fights or from hits? This is a great point, right? This is a really good point. Like, well, that's you know, the way I, I think look at it. I, I, I see I... definitely a lot more concussions that keep a guy out for long term don't really come from fights. Like, hey, listen, Jonathan Mackey got a concussion last year, okay, from dropping the gloves. Like, okay,
0: but I'm talking like CTE and long term head injuries, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I, I'm talking okay. more. I'm not talking. Yeah, this guy's out for ten games because he had a concussion, right? I'm talking about okay, this guy's quality of life is very bad by the time he turned 40. And you look at all the old enforcers who that's happened to, right? And that's kind of where we have this warning of, okay, we need to be smart about this. We're still learning about the human brain and head injuries and all of that. We need to be very cautious with all of this. And, of course, you know, you and I both kind of stand with... Well, actually, I don't know if we totally agree on it, but there's a line, I think, for both of us where we say, okay... That was a legal hit in the NHL, but it wasn't a clean hit, and maybe one day it should be an illegal hit Mm. in the NHL. Another thing that someone brought up, other than the folks in the chat saying Faber loves concussions.
2: Hey, I've had seven of
0: them. The C in Chris stands for CTE.
2: Get out of the chat. You're losing your mind over there. <laughs> it's funny. That's why you got to mute, mute mute that guy in there.
0: Anyways, our, our co-worker at Connects Army, yeah, Cody mute, Stevenson. Mute Anyways, um, we're learning more and more about head injuries, and I think that's what it kind of comes down to is you
2: don't want to see that,
0: right? And, and yeah, like like I, I I say I have mixed feelings, but I also say, yeah, I'd love to see a Here, guy who's only there to no, fight.
2: Here's the, I have to push back because here's the thing. Go back and watch So about a – month and a half ago or so, I went and watched a Rock'em Sock'ems thing with uh, the Pucks on net uh, with Ryan Schaap. I went and watched uh, Don Cherry's whatever hits, Rock'em Sock'em thing. And the hits that they were throwing back then that are resulting in head injuries that are lasting people for a long time are a very different brand of hitting than what we're seeing right now. Yes. So I do think that the game is changing away from it. That I, I don't know if fighting's the main cause of concern for, for concussions in my eyes. It's just, I, I think, a lot more coming from just the sport and how fast the yep, sport is. That's fair. And the fact that they're can like they're changing the way that hitting is. Look at hitting twenty years ago. It's you know even more than that. It's worse after that. But I mean, just even like ten to twenty years ago, it's changed so much where there's such less amount of hits to the head that I I don't know. It's a t- it's a tough situation because obviously you don't want anybody to have a head injury except
0: for you apparently. I uh, yeah. head
2: injuries. No, I've... Well, I've just had a, so many of them. You When you get used to them, you know, after a while. But uh, you just go on with your daily life, I guess. But uh, I don't know. It's such a difficult um, thing to, like, back. Because it doesn't make, like, moral sense in my eyes of, like, yes, men, you know, punch, 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 punch. Like, I, I'm not that type. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not, like, obsessed with fighting. I just think that there is a spot in the game for it. Specifically with two willing combatants, right? And if they're willing to, or if you throw a hit that is bad, it's dirty. Like when I think about baseball, it's a little bit different, but you are going to see benches get cleared. But in my eyes, when I played baseball, if somebody slid into our second baseman with this cleats up, that changes the game. That changes how you respect the other team. Cause you come out to the, and I'm sure it's the same in hockey. You take the ice, you respect the other players. But when they do something dirty, break the rules, whatever it may be, you lose the respect for them. And if there's an option there for you to, you know, treat the team the way that I think they should be treated, you can take liberties with it. And I think that's something that we saw a lot with when I played baseball anyways, like we led the we were getting warnings from the league a lot for fighting too much. And it was because we respected every team, but until they did something dirty, then we would take things into our own hands and, and try and even out the game a little bit. So I don't know. I, I looked at it a little bit different. Maybe it's a little bit um, you know, barbaric the way that I view fighting, but I do think there's a spot in the game for it.
0: That's why I have mixed feelings, because I think what this really comes down to, Chris, is the people I'll that I'll probably say,
2: look like an idiot 10 years from now, right? Like Sure, that's maybe. What I, uh, probably, but that's just how I feel in today's date, July 19th, 2023.
0: That's what we can say about every show we do. Well, well Five years ago, we're talking about, yeah, the Canucks are an up-and-coming young team. They're going to be great and Goldobin's going to hit, man. Gold he's Goldobin's going to hit. He just needed more time. Got all these Ole old Levy rookie cards. Like, he's going to hit. Let's talk about the root problem of this, Chris, because the people that say, no, fighting doesn't belong in the game at all. will quickly be countered by somebody saying, well, the game needs to police itself. Like, the players need to police themselves.
2: And let's be be clear here. 15% of our voters are just saying purely no. No mixed feelings. No yes. No I'm angry. Straight up no. 15%.
0: And the counter argument that a lot of times happens is the first one I hear the most, I'd say, is, well, who's going to police the game? That's what you have officials for. And that's what you have a rule book for. But when you have a sport... Where the whistles are put away, and this is something that everybody knows about in game management exists. And the playoffs, the whistles, like I said, get put away, and your rules change on a night-to-night basis. And there's really no sense of you know um, uniformity in the sport. Like this doesn't happen in other sports, right? Like it doesn't doesn't happen much in football. Football, you know, they have the roughing the passer rule, and you know that obviously got. Heavily, heavily enforced, especially if you're Tom Brady.
2: Yeah. But... Just watch the first episode of that QB1 show on Netflix. I should watch that. Pretty good start.
0: But anyways, that's kind of what the difference is. And I think with the NHL, who's happy to have you bet on their games and is very, very glad you're betting on their games, you know, there needs to be something done about officiating and there needs to be something done about the rules as a whole because there's too many gray areas. Like, there's too many instances where you can look at a replay and say, whoa, that totally changed the complexion of the game because the official got it wrong. Right? I'm like, that's not good. That's not good for your sport. And, you know, it, it, it's just like fighting is kind of a result of that. If that makes sense to a higher degree back in the day to a lesser degree now, obviously, but, Okay, you threw a dirty hit. You have to answer for it. I, it didn't get called. Even if it gets called, sometimes you have to answer for it, which I think is silly. But yeah, some regardless. Of the,
2: the hits for sure. I, I feel like I'm really fighting for fighting here. But look at other sports and how when, when things start to kind of, you know, when the pot starts boiling over, what is it? Ha- what happens? In baseball, the bench is clear. In football, mm-hmm. all the players are grabbing each other, whatever it is, when it rarely happens in the NFL. But, like, other sports, there isn't like an opportunity for you to say, Okay, well, you're pissing us off, we're pissing you off. We have a tough guy, you have a tough guy. Let's go like handle some of this and let them kind of take on the whole team aspect of like I don't know, I, I, maybe it's from watching so many AHL games, but I can really see a fight be used from a team to help boost them. Quite a bit. Like quite a bit. When Alex Canuck Liepert fought that six foot eight guy. You think the Abbotsford Canucks were buzzing for the next ten minutes yeah, after exactly. that? You're Absolutely. Right, you're right. And when Daniela Klimovich gets hit in the head, and at the same time, was Canuck Leapert again, sticking up for his guy, <laughs> after one after your 19 year old prospect gets hit in the head by a guy who's been in the AHL for 14 years. I'm sorry, I'm not just gonna let the ref give him a two minute elbow mile. I hear you. Like yep. that's not good enough for me. That's you need to try and get that part, the dirty part out of the game, and fighting I think helps it. Exactly. I exactly. think it helps that. I think fighting helps keep the game cleaner. I think
0: everybody not. agrees a two minute minor, even uh, five minutes in a game or whatever it is. I think everybody agrees that that's not enough of a deterrent for guys to stop doing hits like that because they keep doing them right? right. Like we still see those hits all the time, even with these rules in the game. So there needs to be either more of a deterrent, whether that comes from fighting, whether it comes from rule change, whatever, or he- You know, heftier suspensions, loss of income, whatever it is. Again, you got unions involved, so we don't know if that's gonna work. But you know what I mean? Like everybody kind of agrees that there's a there's not enough of a deterrent for a guy not to throw a dirty hit. And I think that's what this all this conversation comes back to. Like all these conversations about fighting, all there's good points by everybody. Like everybody has good points. Nobody wants to see head injuries, but you know what? Like you've kind of made the point.
2: First of all, you don't need to get hit in the head to get a head injury. Chronic hand says fighting is a consequence. I think you can look at that a couple different ways. Of like, yeah, like, yeah, fighting can be a consequence for you if the NHL if you do something that is is crossing the line, right? I think I think fighting takes away the chance to cross the line. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the Q this year. The QMJHL and junior hockey in Canada, major juniors, really done a... Like, is it you fight, you get suspended for a game after that, too? I think that's the rule across the CHL. I could be wrong. I stand to be corrected here. But the Q is completely taking fighting out next year. I know our friends at uh, hockey fights, they're not liking that at all either. So
0: Also, that's the biggest story, I think. Our friends at hockey fights gave Alex kinnock the Fight of
2: the Year fight of Award. The year. Number one out of any league. That was And that fight came... 30 seconds after uh, Danila Klumovic got hit in the head by an elbow.
0: Yeah. By someone much, much bigger. So is
2: that – like, to me, that's where fighting makes sense. Yeah. Ten years from now, I'm going to look like a – I'm going to get canceled for this, I guess. But that's the way she goes. You want to get to the – pro? anything else you want to say? Do the Canucks have any enforcer? Who's who's the biggest – because I thought what this conversation was going to be more about instead of just fighting – like, I think you can have enforcers on the team that aren't necessarily just there to fight and just there to drop the gloves play fourth line. Like, to me, JT Miller is a enforcer. He's an enforcer on the ice of emotion. Like, he, he yeah. does do that extremely well. Um, I think you even look at certain players, like Kyle Burrows, though, yeah, he wasn't just out there to be... Like, I think there's a difference between a goon and an enforcer, mm-hmm. right? And I think you can be an enforcer but still impact the game with our hockey skills. Just the fact that you have it in your back pocket, almost like, you know, it's like uh, when you're playing Yu-Gi-Oh! You pull out the goon card. Boom. Sometimes you got to do it every once in a while. But you can be an enforcer with multiple cards in your pocket, I think. So. I believe
0: J.C. Miller had the third most fights behind Burroughs and Shen. So, yeah, yeah, he's your top fighter I now. check out. But how much do
2: you want him fighting if you're the yeah. Canucks? Dakota Joshua, Jeremy brings up as well. Sonny as well. Yeah, I was just about to get to Joshua. Everybody
0: points out Joshua. How many fights does Joshua have? And everybody was disappointed that he didn't have more. Joshua yeah. was not a fighter. Everybody thought he was an enforcer when he came here. Joshua is not a fighter. No, he's a skill guy. He's a skill guy. He's not a fighter. Everybody thinks he he's going to fight. He can fight. He can, but he's not going to. Like, everybody's looking at it as, yeah, he, he can help fill the gap from Burroughs and Shen. Fought five times last year. That's the most he's had in his career. Yeah. So is he yeah. going to top that?
2: I'm not sure. Didn't Burroughs have, like, eight last year? Something close to that, yeah. Burroughs was very was big time up there. Anyways,
0: hopefully, uh, you know, the kind of back to what I started this conversation with. I don't think anybody out there would say, yeah, I'd rather they go get Ryan Reeves than target guys who put fear into people like JT Miller does, like maybe Carson Soucy does, you know, bigger guys like the Vegas blue line, like what we saw, you know, big mobile guys who can throw their weight around and do make it. So guys don't want to go into the middle of the ice, right? Like you protect that house. That's what you want. That's what you want more than anything is you want guys who can play the game. You don't, you don't, I'm not saying go get guys who are 5'9", although that's a pretty sweet height if I say myself. Um, you don't want a bunch of guys who are just getting thrown around out there and hit out there. You want guys that are able to hold their own physically, mm-hmm. but not necessarily with the gloves off. Like, I think every every Canucks fan would much rather see a team that hits a ton but is, is known as one of these teams like Vegas that is super difficult to play against But they finish in the bottom quarter of the league like Vegas did for fights, but they win the cup. No Canucks fan's going to say, Well, I wish we had an Inforce. I wish we kept Kyle Burrows. I wish we kept Luke Shen. Nobody's going to be saying that.
2: No, it's. I think at the end of
0: the day, you just pointed out, Yeah, maybe to some extent there is a place for fighting in hockey, to some extent. Yep. But I don't think any fan is looking at their team and saying, Yeah, I really wish we had. Like, there's no Vegas fan saying, I really wish we had more fighters. We should have been tougher. We you know? should have been tougher. No. They were very difficult to play against. Mm-hmm. They were very tough to play against. Yeah, and It didn't come from dropping the gloves.
2: That's my point. No, and I think that's the thing. Like, Goon is out. Enforcer still around. Yeah, I think a little bit in the end. Okay, we got three minutes to do the prospect rankings. Let's get the graphic up here. Quads asked me as many questions as you can in three minutes about the top five.
0: Okay, why uh, did you put Daniel Klimovich second?
2: He was six.
0: Excuse me, Elias Petterson. <laughs> he was I had Pedersen on the mind. Uh, here.
2: Elias Pedersen yes. came in at number two because I think that there's more potential in Willander's game. Though Pedersen has proved a lot in his draft plus one year, I think Willander is going to prove just as much, if not more, in his NCAA jump. And I also like the development path, uh, higher higher potential there with Willander. But Petterson, he's proved a lot in his draft plus one, so that's helped him stay in the top two for our prospects.
0: So Archer Seelove's at five. Can you please explain yourself?
2: Yeah, I mean, he could have gone higher if I put a lot more weight into the World Championships. He could have been higher up this list. I just look at the whole season, and yes, I agree that the World Championships was very impressive. Um, I just I didn't put enough stock into it to really rise him up, and I, I think you could make a real argument about him being a better prospect than Jonathan Karamaki At their what they've done so far in their time, but again, Seolovs is twenty-two. Up and coming, you know, had a really good tournament. He's had a couple of really good tournaments for Latvia um, in the past couple of years here at the World Championships. So I just didn't put a, as much stock as maybe some might into the World Championships. That's why he stayed at number five.
0: Okay, that's all the questions I got. Well, okay. well why, is, why is Ratu, someone asked in the chat, why is Ratu higher than LaKaramaki and Silos? You know what's crazy?
2: Okay, think, You've probably heard Atu Ratu's name since 2017. Yes, he was yep. 15 years old at the time. He was playing in the in Liga. He was projected to be the number one overall pick when he was like 16 years old. He was the first player on elite prospects of uh, the draft list to watch for 2021. Was he in the draft? He's only 20 years old. He's just coming off of his first full season in North America, where it wasn't bad, right? Like we're looking at the stats right here: 27 points in 52 games, first year adjusting to North American game. Got into some NHL games. Was it 15 NHL games he's played as well? He's only 20. He just turned 20. So I, I think that you, I think because his name has been around hockey circles, it, it, you feel like he's like 22. He's still really young. And I think there's a lot of NHL potential there. I think he's going to be an NHLer one day. I, I'm not so worried about his skating as some people might be. I, I think that agility and acceleration are the parts of his game, but the top speed, like, I don't think there's that much of a worry about his top speed. It's going to be about. Combining processing with agility, and if he can, I think that's something that slows him down a little bit at times. Is he can't think the play as quick as he would hope. So I wonder if that's going to come with a little bit more time in North America. But after what he did uh, in his final year in Liga, being a point per game pretty much, then coming over here, he's he's only twenty years old. So that's why I got him at number three. And I think the fact that he's a center helps him a little bit over Lukaramaki as well.
0: Okay, I got Betway bet of the day. Yeah, guess who's back? Betway, 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 Betway. My bet I got Jose Barrios over five and a half strikeouts tonight Ooh. against the San Diego Padres at plus one oh five. I thought about I thought about taking the under here, uh-huh. but in his last start, Barrios logged four strikeouts, but before that it was six, eight, eight, four, and five. So I'm saying he goes over. Five and a half. He yeah, hits his and you over know what? Padres, Padres are coming off
2: a night where I think they hit four home runs last night. Mm-hmm. All their big dogs hit home runs, so mm-hmm. like they're gonna be swinging. They're gonna be swinging again tonight. Um, I, I like the over on that. What's Machado. The,
0: there? the one thing. The one thing I want to point out. The uh, one. Sorry. Ten dollar bet gets you uh, twenty dollars and fifty cents. Okay. Over at Betway, Betway. 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 But the one thing I want to point out: Manny Machado's got a four twelve average against Jose Barrios in his career. Uh, over a large sample size, Brios has never faced Fernando Tatis Jr. and Juan Soto is one for four against Brios. So, bet responsibly. But I'm feeling the over tonight. Eighteen over plus five to play? and a half or nineteen plus Nineteen plus? plus to play. Um, if you choose to play, please play responsibly. Another mm-hmm. one, Luis Castillo. I think he's going to dice up the Twins I'll tonight. Be down
2: at, uh, I'll be down in Seattle for this weekend. I'm going to the Saturday game. Yeah, and I got uh, offered
0: tickets to that game. And really, I actually, I actually turned them down. Cause I, I, I had so much fun when I went to the Mariners game against the Marlins on a Monday night, Mm-mm. and I, I, I once went to the Jays game uh, when they were down there. I had an awful time. It was just mm. Jays fans screaming and like being insufferable as possible, and Mariners fans give, trying to give it right back to them. It was just not a good vibe. Yeah. at all. It, it's just a different vibe when everybody's kind of rooting for the home team. It's you know tough because I, mean? I like
2: bo- I do like both teams, so. Hmm. I don't. I'm not going to be getting into any arguments with everyone. I'm gonna, I like both teams. So, yeah, um, I saw a couple fights,
0: and I was like 16. So I was like, you know what, this isn't for me. I'm not going to that. So I, I have no interest, especially with Taylor Swift in town. Ooh. All the border stuff. I don't have a nexus, so I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. Uh, how much? Would you, how much there. would
2: you pay to go to a Taylor Swift concert? Like I, if it was down we've, here, we had this Arena. conversation
0: on Patreon. Yeah. I would pay 150 max. Actually, me no, I would pay 100 to go to Taylor Swift. I'd pay $100 tops. That's for any concert. I don't pay more than that to go to concerts. I don't. I'm not
2: a big concert guy, Chris. I would just... I don't care. I don't know if I would pay to go to a Taylor Swift concert.
0: That's a really good take. I think I would say the exact same thing. I think because
2: of the crowd around me, Mm -hmm. the Swifties, Mm -hmm. I would be in such a different emotional state than them (laughs) that we wouldn't even be at the same show. (laughs) These Swifties, they... They love uh, Taylor Swift too much. They love that woman. And I just wouldn't, uh, yeah, Adam says in the chat, zero dollars. Yeah. Even then. Like, if you paid me by the hour, I'd go. And I like some Taylor Swift songs, but I, I just, it to me, the concerts are so different that it, it pushes me away from even wanting to go. And I, li- I like Taylor Swift songs. I like a lot of Taylor Swift songs. Love is a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Enchanted's another good one. There's Bert. oh, that's a good good shot of Bert. so so. Wait, uh, is the camera inside the cage now, and he's outside? No. So listen.
0: So he. So in. I'm moving him out of his crate because I want him to learn. The reason he's been in a crate so long is I want him to learn to also sleep outside of the crate. He mm. doesn't have that concept. He never has had that concept. So he just stares it, at the camera. He he he's always awake. He's always trying to keep himself awake if he's not um not inside his crate sleeping. So no one's home right now. Blinds are down. You know he's just relaxing by himself, and he has slept for most of the morning, which is great. People in the chat were requesting a bird cam, but yes, I'm I'm moving him out of the uh, out of the crate. Jesse says, "Big B, yeah, big that's right. Bird is getting big. He is getting big. He's uh he's a little he's a big runner. He he's impressing people with yeah. how fast he is. Wow, my boy can run a forty yard dash in no time. All right,
2: we uh we got to get out of here. But uh, oh yeah, that's right. Uh, okay, I. I'm off this weekend for uh, down to Seattle. I'm excited for that. Come back. I'll go down Saturday morning, 3 a.m. and leaving. uh, And then we'll get back on Sunday. But the week after that is my bachelor party. So we are going to have to do an episode on, like, Tuesday, Wednesday type of thing next week. So just so everybody knows, that's what uh, the plan is next week. We might bring a guest in. um, And then the week after that, we're going to get Pete on the show and uh, talk about the World Junior Summer Showcase. So a couple things lined up here for the next week. But next week's show... It's going to be earlier in the week because I'm on my bachelor party for five days. Right on. And it's my first uh, vacation of the year. There you go. I haven't used a vacation. uh, I only got a few weeks left here. Mm -hmm. A handful of weeks. All right. Let's get out of here. All right. We'll close it
0: out there. For my co-host, Chris Faber and our technical producer, Aaron Bordado. my name is Dave Gugelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation.
2: See you, everybody. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode.
0: How about keep it to a thank you, Jim?